Welcome to New Mansion Church. What you're about to hear is a message from our pastor, Dr. Jeff Mars Sr. To learn more about the church, visit newmansion.org. God bless and enjoy the message. This morning as we look to the scriptures, we're going to, to reflect on Christ for the next three Sundays. Who is Jesus? As we should, uh, there's a lot of talk about Easter and the events around Easter and so as Christians there should be there should be it is the central focal point of our faith is the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ if he had not risen from that grave then your hope and my hope uh, your faith and my faith would be in vain but you see he did rise from the grave and so we celebrate a risen Savior and we celebrate the glorious blessings that he has for us. And this morning we're going to be looking at John chapter 10, if you would turn there with me. Who is Jesus? Well, first off, he is the Good Shepherd. And this morning we're going to to talk about Christ, the Good Shepherd. John chapter 10. I have enjoyed your, your testimonies and the song this morning and how appropriate that is. When you think about Christ carrying the cross... When you think about Jesus suffering and dying, many times we we throw that word in for us, but do we really realize that it it was personal, that his journey to the cross was for you and for me? Yes, he had a job to do, so to speak. It was to accomplish the will of the Father, God the Father, Stating that his son would be that perfect sacrifice. Jesus obedient in following to be that sacrifice. But it was more than just something to be done. Now, now you and I face this every day. We have things that we need to do. Things that we may want to do and things that we don't necessarily want to do. And there are times that we just think, well, well let's just do this and get it done. And of course, we don't always think through all of the things around that. Why am I doing this? You know, why do I get up and and go to work and and draw a paycheck? Well, it is, of course, to provide for our family, to put food on the table. We We don't go through all of that. We don't go through the depths of the reason of understanding for everything that we do on a daily basis. We either do it or we don't do it. We put it off or we... Uh, We face it as Jesus faced that cross. You and I have to uh, realize, we have to understand uh, that he endured the cross despising the shame, the Bible says. The incredible shame of the cross. And we'll talk about more of that in weeks to come. But he saw us personally. Now, how how could he see you and I personally? Well, how could he walk on water? How could he raise the dead to life? I don't understand those things either, but I do know this, that your salvation and mine is a personal salvation. That when God looks down from heaven, he sees you and I personally, individually, each one of us. Our our successes and our failures, our doubts and our fears, our hopes and our dreams, he sees all of that. And... The Bible says He is there. He is interceding for us. And that's what we want to look at this morning. Our shepherd, our good shepherd, the Bible says. In the book of John, chapter 10, let's begin this morning with verse 11. John chapter 10, verse 11. As we open the scriptures and we see this familiar account that is given to us. Jesus speaking these words. He says, I am the good shepherd. 
The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is an hireling and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming, and leaveth the sheep and fleeth. And the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth because he is an hireling. He careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so I the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And our thought this morning, Christ the Good Shepherd, if you would bow with me for a word of prayer. Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. On this Lord's Day, thanking you and praising you for your many blessings, for the opportunity to come together and to worship you, and to honor you and to lift up your holy name. And Father, we desire this day that as we draw together in fellowship, in worship, and praise of you, as we present the very needs of our lives and, and the, uh, the needs that, that are so plaguing to us, as we present the burdens of our life to you, and those things that that burden our lives and our hearts for ourselves and for others around us, things within our control and things that are so far beyond our control. We surrender them to you, Father, and we give them to you, and we ask you to take them and turn them and use them and bless in the midst, to do your work and your will in a glorious way. For, Father, we know that you have created all things, that you can do all things, that all things are within your grasp. You are great. You are holy. You are powerful. You are all-knowing. And Father, as we trust in you this day, we trust in the hand of a mighty Savior who loves us and who has endured for us. And Father, for that we are grateful. We give you our praise. We give you glory. In the name of our Savior, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And everyone said... Amen. Christ the Good Shepherd. Truly, this is the essence of who Jesus is. When we look at this scripture and we look at this uh, description to, to us this morning, the essence of the gospel is Christ our Good Shepherd. Now, there's been a lot said in the Bible about shepherds and sheep and such things, and that's what Jesus is saying as he, as he begins, as he is talking in this manner, as he is explaining this to those that are around him and to his disciples. He begins with that very simple description saying, I am the good shepherd. Well, what exactly does that mean to be the good shepherd? Because as we've mentioned before and as, as was stated last week, shepherds were by and large despised in the time of Christ. Uh, shepherds had gone from someone who was glorified and recognized to someone who was, who was really looked down upon because they were pretty much the lowest of the low. It wasn't always that way. It was, there was a time when to, to be a shepherd and to, to shepherd the sheep was seen as a, lo, a noble occupation. It was, it was one of meekness. It was one of humility. It was a life of sacrifice, obviously, because shepherds don't just go out and feed the sheep and then come home. They stayed with the sheep. They lived with the sheep. They took care of the sheep. They knew them, each one, individually, just as Christ knows us. 
And that's what Jesus is saying when he gives us this picture. Now the Bible begins speaking of God the Father as a shepherd to his children. To the nation of Israel, that he would shepherd them, that he would lead them. And we see that throughout history. We see that throughout the time of Moses and the Exodus, that that the Lord gathers his sheep together and he shepherds them and he leads them out of Egypt. And he leads them grumbling and griping and complaining and murmuring and he finally leads them to the edge of the promised land. But unlike sheep, you and I have a little bit of a, more of a mind and a will to be disobedient at times. And they refused. They refused to cross over. They sent spies into the land. They said, well, we better check this out for ourselves. We better just really see what God has in store for us. And then they refused. Once their eyes had seen, their hearts would not believe. And many times that is the case with us. What should be pure and simple faith to us, we want to bring in logic and reasoning, and then all of a sudden in the midst of reasoning, faith goes out the window. In the midst of the circumstances in which you and I live, we have a tendency to set faith on the side burner. It is the plague of modern Christianity. The doctor's diagnosis is more value than the prayers that we can pray at times because we see that and it's real before us. But of course the Bible tells us that the more time we spend with our Lord and Savior, the more real He becomes to us. The more we understand that these things that are around us that appear to be real... These things are but illusion, the Bible says, to the one real and true thing that is ahead of us. That thing is heaven that awaits us all. And surely we will all have a time when we will be presented with that opportunity to either embrace and receive that or to shun and deny that. That's the glorious promise that God has for us. But Jesus, as the good shepherd, reminds us that this was God the Father who shepherded Israel. And then there was another great shepherd in Israel as well. It was King David. King David was, was the shepherd king. He was the, the young boy who went out. And as you recall the story, he not only slew a giant, but he slew a lion and a bear as well as he protected the sheep. And there with the sheep, he would sing songs to them and he would care for them. And, you know, that's just a lot more love for an animal than probably most of us have in this day and time. We may all have animals and uh, I don't recall singing too many songs to the cattle. I don't know about you. I have murmured some things at them in my day and time, though, as we probably all have. They can be why? Because it can be contrary. Animals can be difficult to deal with. And sheep were certainly no different. But David, the, uh, the good shepherd, the sweet psalmist of Israel, truly if there ever was a good shepherd in the history of Israel, it was David. And now Jesus comes along and Jesus says to them, I am the good shepherd. Well, if we just take those first two words, I am, we recognize that this is the language of deity here. This is the language of God. God pronouncing himself as I am. Exodus 3, Moses asking God as he appeared before the burning bush, Who are you? And God says, I am that I am. And Moses probably thought, well that doesn't help a whole lot because I still don't know who you are. 
Of course, we know that he's saying that he was the eternal one. We use this great big word in theological circles, the tetragrammaton. The I am, that I am, as God said that he was. This one who is the unspeakable name representing God himself. And then Jesus comes along and he begins to fill in the blank. I am the door. I am the light. I am the good shepherd, he says. And we begin to see the different pictures of who God is through his son, Jesus Christ, who inhabited flesh and walked upon this earth for you and for me. And this is what Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. Now, now in the Greek, the word good is kainos. That's not the word that he's using. He's not using good in the sense that it's acceptable, it's all right, you know. The lettuce was good or the lettuce was bad. The meal was good or the meal was bad. Gentlemen, I, I suggest that when you describe the meal, you use the word kainos. The meal was good, okay? It wasn't bad. It was good. But that's not the word that Jesus is using here at all. What Jesus is saying is, He says, I am the supreme shepherd. I am the ultimate shepherd. I am the perfect shepherd. And that's who Jesus was. He was the one who would embody all of perfection. In the old days, the Shekinah glory of God would shine forth. And as they would look to that mystery of the Shekinah glory of God, and as it would be described personally in the priests through the Urim and the Thummim, these things that we don't really understand. And somehow God would speak through that, but but the literal translation of the Urim and the Thummim is the lights and perfection. And that's what Jesus is saying. He says, I am the light and the perfection. I am, I am the ultimate shepherd to shepherd a nation, to shepherd a people, to shepherd my sheep. But something had to happen before he could be your shepherd or my shepherd. We had to become his sheep. And you see, we could not become his sheep until Jesus would lay down his life for us and Christ knew fully well as he spoke those words that that was what he was going to do as he goes on to explain to them as the good shepherd as the perfect shepherd as the ultimate of all greater than David greater than Moses Jesus said it was Moses who spoke of me greater than Abraham Jesus said before Abraham was I am Again, speaking those words of deity, ego, me, I am that I am. And they looked at him and they wondered. But you see, so many times in our, in our day and time, in our culture, we hear that Jesus never really claimed to be the Son of God. Now, there is nothing further from the truth than that. He does again and again and again, and that's exactly what Jesus is doing here. He's saying, I am a picture of God the Father. Jesus later saying, if you have seen the Father, you have seen me. And if you have seen me, you have seen Him. Because that's who He was. He was God in human flesh, walking upon this earth. And Jesus said this, He says, I give my life for the sheep. Who are the sheep to be? Well, the sheep are you and I. 
Now, some have reasoned over time saying, well, for, for, for Christ to lay down his life, I mean, he was, he was immortal and yet he became mortal. He, he inhabited a body. He took on a human form. He became a man and walked upon this earth. And so he died, but he's immortal, so it's okay. Wow. It's easy to say unless you and I have experienced that personally. What Christ endured for us was so much more than just the pain of death, you see. It was more than just the suffering and the pain of a physical death. Because what Jesus is saying here is as he lays down his life, he says, I am laying down my very soul for you. My very existence, he says, is being laid down for his sheep. So that you and I could be a part of his flock. So that we could be a part of this this glorious thing called Christianity. So we could inhabit the praises of God and lift him up and honor him. My goodness, church, how we need to do that. How we need to lift him up. Jesus says, I am responsible for my sheep. In ways that you and I cannot begin to fathom. For Jesus says, there is one who is hired. And when times get tough, well, the hired hand cuts and runs. You know, if you're not personally invested in something, it's easy to walk away from it sometimes. If you're not personally invested in in fixing something, if you're just being hired for that job, well, sometimes you can fix it and sometimes you can't. But if it's yours and you're, you're relying on it to do your job, to get done what needs to be done, we usually find a way to get it done. It may be more than we expected. It may cost more. It may take more time. It may be more of a pain. But when we're personally invested in something, it changes everything. And that's what Jesus says. He says those who aren't invested, the hireling, as he calls them, not invested at all. And yet in the world that you and I live, you see, we're, we're really we're, we're caught between two extremes. You and I are personally caught between two extremes. The, the one extreme is the attacks of the enemy against us. The wolf that Jesus speaks of. The other extreme is those who aren't really invested for him, the hireling. And unfortunately in the world that we live in today, we see a lot of hirelings that are out there. Just not really sold out to the Lord. And some days you may feel that way yourself. You know, Lord, I just don't know if I'm really all in for you today. I don't know if I can live this life today. I don't know if I can survive all of the things that I have to go through this day. Sometimes we all get a little bit of a hireling mentality. Well, if things get tough, I'll just throw up my hands and walk away. It's okay. It's not an option for you and me. Because you see, we've been bought by a price. And you and I must be sold out to this one named Jesus. Who has given so much for us. You and I cannot be hirelings ourselves. 
but we must be those of bold, confident faith. And the reason is because there's too many hirelings out there. There's too many attacks of the enemy out there. And somebody is relying on you and on me to be praying for them. Somebody needs your prayers in their life. Somebody needs your intercession on their behalf. You say, well, what can I do? What, what possibly can I do? I mean, I know that God can do anything, but what can I do? You ever pray those prayers that feel so insufficient, so small, so much like, well, I hope this is getting through. I hope it's going to help. I hope it's going to work. And there are those times we pray a little more fervently. And then as Larry said this morning, there are those times that it's personal to us, that it really hits home. And times like that, we hit our knees with our hands in our face and we cry out to God. It's hard to do that all the time. We're such emotional creatures. Either we're invested or we're not. Either we're in or we're out. But recognize this. Jesus Christ is always there for you. He always gives the very best for you. As your shepherd and you as his sheep, he looks at you, he sees you personally. And he knows everything about you. You see, that's the thing about the shepherd. The shepherd's job was that when the sheep would come into the sheepfold at night, each one of them would have to pass by him. They weren't terrified of him. They weren't afraid of him. As the shepherd, they trusted him because he was always there in their midst. And so as they passed by him, he would look them over. He would inspect them to see, you know, okay, still got a nose and two ears and survived the the attacks of the day and the problems. No scrapes, no cuts, no problems. Most of them trusting him, a few that would run away. A few that would stray. A few that he would have to go after to bring back to the fold. Just like he did for you and for me before. But he invests himself so heavily in that. And that's what Jesus is saying. He says, uh, first off, he says, I lay down my life for the sheep. I give my very life for them. But secondly, Jesus says this. I love my sheep. When Jesus looks at you and I, it's more than just an obligation. It's more than just what He does as the Good Shepherd. It's more than just looking over us. It's more than just looking down upon us. It's more than just detached love that looks at us and then looks away. You know, it's crazy. A lot of our uh, early forefathers had that mentality. Well, God created it all, and He did all these things, and and He put everything in motion, but you see, then He looked away. That must be the reason why there's so many problems in the world. God looked away. He was busy with something else. No. No. He is looking, He is gazing fervently about you and me every single day, every moment of every day. But recognize this. Jesus says that there is a wolf that comes to attack. And what does he do? He attacks and he scatters the flock. He drives them away. And you and I face an attack in this world every day of our lives. 
the enemy comes and he attacks and he always attacks in the weakest time he always attacks from behind he always attacks when we find ourselves at our weakest point and what Christ does is he, he chases off the enemy and he gathers us together again but the question is this when Satan attacks you in your life in so many ways through words or through deeds or through things that happen or through mere coincidence or, or the problems that plague you from time to time where do you run to? do you run away? or do you run to him? do you head for the hills or do you head for the shepherd because Christ says that I'm the good shepherd he says I know my sheep and my sheep know me and the true test of our love is this when, when times are tough when things look bad when, when everything around us seems to be crumbling do you have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ can you stand upon him and know that he is firm and solid that he is a foundation of foundations do you know that you know that you know that He will never leave or forsake you? You see, that's what Jesus wants us to know. And He's not beating us up about that point, but He says, look at me, try me, see me, know who I am and what I want to do in your life. Because for the very depths of misery that every one of us can experience at times, Christ is the very height that we experience in humanity. And He is the hope for all eternity. And so we must turn to Him and trust in Him. And that's what Jesus is saying. There's a lot of Christians today that are running around and they've got, they've got bite marks on their ears and on their heels where the enemy has, has been after them. I dare say we all do. We've probably all got a few scars to show for it as well. There were those times that we strayed to the very outer edge of the flock. There are those times that we found ourselves in places where we shouldn't be. And the Master called and we didn't respond. And the enemy was always there lurking. Do you understand that? He is always there lurking. He is always waiting to get an opportunity. You say, well, Pastor, you're really, you're really cheering me up today. The enemy's always there and he's always after us. Yes, He is. But you and I have a Savior who is always there. And He is greater and more powerful than the enemy is. And He is able to protect us and hold us in His hands. And we can trust in Him. And we can abide in Him. And we can come to Him. And we can find peace. And we can have hope. Hope for the future. Hope that despite the world that we live in with all of the problems and all the pain and all the heartache, that Christ is there for us and He's going to see us through. He's gathering us together to Himself. The Old Testament gives us a sober prophecy. It says, Smite the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. And you see, that's exactly what happened. This prophecy came to pass. When Jesus went to that cross, when He died upon that cross for us, what happened? The disciples scattered. They took off in all directions. The shepherd had been smitten and the sheep had scattered. But you see, three days later, the great shepherd arose from that grave. 
He arose in resurrection victorious. And once again, what did Jesus do? He gathered his sheep together once again. The doubting, the pain, the problems that you and I experience in life. Oh, it's real. It's very real. But where do we turn for comfort? And where do we turn for peace in our lives? That's what Jesus wants us all to have. He wants us to see that He is there. He has paid the ultimate price so that you and I could be saved. So that we could inherit a home in heaven. So that we could be His sheep. The sheep of His pasture. And those who are protected and known by Him. Do you have that confidence this morning? Do you have that commitment in your life? Do you have that hope for eternity? You and I have placed our trust in some crazy things in our lives. We have been in some places that we never thought we would be. I remember some 30, 35 years ago, I was down below the the dam in Forsyth. And we were fishing one night. And I had a friend that was there with me. And he commented a few times that storm's coming, but it's going to pass. And my remark was, I think we better pack up and get out of here. I think it's time to to go at this at this point. And I began to pack up my stuff. And as lightning struck around us and uh, and as I was gathering up my gear, talking to him at the same time about because he, you know he, he said, Well I'm concerned but it's gonna it's gonna pass. It's gonna be okay. And I said, No, I I think we need to get on out of here and I continued to talk to him and lightning struck and I turned around and looked and he was gone, okay? He was <laughs> He was gone. Lightning struck again and I saw him he was headed up the bank to the truck. <laughs> he left everything. He left his gear, he left his rods. Well, I gathered up my stuff because you see I had the keys in my pocket because if I didn't I believe he would have actually left me and drove off at that point. He wasn't invested as far as I was concerned. Uh, He was willing to leave everything. Well, you know, common sense says grab what you can before you go. And we did. And uh, that was the night that the little tornado came through and knocked down so many power lines and poles. and Quite an ordeal. But it passed on over us, you see, and, and went on. Are we really invested with the Lord? Are, are we truly invested with Him? And are we invested so much so to the sake that you and I look around and we say, you know what, I'm going to see that others go with me on this journey. I don't want to leave anyone behind. I don't want to leave my family or my friends behind. I want to see that all of them take this journey because I know how important this is. And I know what the end result's going to be. That's what Jesus wants us to see. That's who He wants us to be. That's what He wants us to know. 
Stand with me if you would as we close our service this morning. Jesus tells us something remarkable when he says that he loves us. He says, I know you. I know everything about you. Sometimes that gives us comfort. Sometimes that makes us a little nervous. If Christ knows everything about me, everything, how could he possibly love me? But you see, he does. He looks around at all of our faults and failures, all of our misses and near misses in life, and he still loves us in spite of that. He still laid down his life for you and for me. I can't understand that. I can't comprehend that. But he wants us to be there with him. The question is, do we want the same thing? Do we want that enough ourselves? Do we love him enough to make that commitment to him? Are you walking with Christ today? Are you identified with him? his life, with his death, with his resurrection, with the fellowship that he has for us. We're identified with that. And do you desire to be one with Christ just as he said that he wants to be one with us? Do you have that peace in your life? Do you have that hope? This altar is available if you need to come and pray this morning. If you need to speak to the Lord or share something with Him, or give something to Him. Amazing love. The amazing love of our Lord and Savior. Beyond comprehension. Beyond our little minds bigger than this world bigger than the devil bigger than all the trials and the problems that you and I will face his love is bigger than anything and it's amazing let's be amazed as we trust in the Lord Let's remember, because Jesus endured the wrath that we deserved, our sins are forgiven. And we have hope with Him. Father, we come before You at the close of our time together, thanking You, Father, recognizing You, what a Savior You are, what blessing You brought into our lives. What grace you have shown to us, Father, that we did not deserve, that we did not earn in any way. But yet, you gladly extend that to each of us. Father, may we live lives worthy 
of your love and your praise. And may we return to you the blessing with which you have blessed us until that day that we see you face to face. We stand in hope and confidence of your word, your promises, and your blessings. In the name of Jesus and all God's children said, Amen. May the Lord bless you this day. Who is Jesus? Well, he is the good shepherd for you and for me. Trust in him and rest in that promise and consider that in your hearts. Thank you for joining us at New Mansion Church Online. We would love to connect with you at newmansion.org. You can connect with our pastor, Dr. Jeff Marsh Sr. at pastorjeffmarsh.com. God bless, and we hope to see you again soon.